have to have community around you and you have to have the right community. Like I, I still have friends that aren't necessarily walking with, with God, right? I'm still praying for those guys and still, you know, doing what I can to present Christ to them. But those aren't the guys I call if I'm having an issue in my marriage, right? Like I, I have a group of guys, they're believers, they love Nicole and I well, uh, and when I do call them, their concern is for our marriage and not for how I feel. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint here on the Bot Radio Network. I'm Byron Tyler. I don't know if you tuned in to the last time we got together with Chris and Nicole Peterson, but boy, were we having a great time, and time is our enemy. And so we had to say goodbye. The program is only exactly 27 minutes long, so we have to find a place to stop. The Petersons were so gracious to say, yes, they could come back for a second show. I don't know how many shows we're going to do, but no, we're going to, I know they've got to take care of children, so we won't stay much longer than this next half hour, but we want to welcome back Chris and Nicole Peterson to Mid-South Viewpoint. Guys, welcome to the program. Thank Thank you you for having us. Wow. We were just having so much fun talking about marriage. Yes. And some say, fun in marriage? I mean, you don't know what kind of marriage I'm in right now, Byron, and just the burden my spouse is and the difficulty we're having communicating. We don't communicate and we don't agree on anything. And there's always this division and we're always seem to be fighting. And, you know, we're just imperfect people. Absolutely. And we think we married the princes and the prince and everything's going to be bliss at that (laughs) wedding. But we soon learn... Didn't take long, does it, Nicole? <laughs> that, that there's a human there. <laughs> yeah. And all the things that drew us in and that we thought were cute and attractive, you know, three years in, they're not cute anymore. Become irritants, like, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so those are things that we deal with. And we were talking last time about a biblical definition of marriage. And, and really, God designed it from yes. the very beginning when he created male and female yes. to enter into this covenant relationship that really reflects Christ and the church. Yes. And it's truly a beautiful thing when you look at it through the biblical lens. And that doesn't mean, because we are, again, as we say, human, and we are fighting a lot of our own insecurities. We have baggage we bring into the relationship. Yes. We talked about last time, sometimes our view of what a biblical marriage is, we don't even have one because our parents didn't display that. My parents divorced when I was young. There was a lot of instability when I grew up in my home, too. So I totally understand that. My wife, on the other hand, grew up in a family that went to church, taught about the Lord and had that foundation. Mm -hmm. But yet bring those two dynamics together, you know, and it can be tough. Right, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Nicole and I have realized we've been blessed to realize that uh, whenever we're we're experiencing conflict horizontally, like the first thing that we need to do is is look vertically. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think over the years, it, it's thank you, God, that it's taken less and less time to, to have that realization that. Uh, that when something something is wrong horizontally, that there's something wrong vertically. Like I'm the, I'm I'm not connecting to God in a way that that's allowing me to love her in yes. the way that I need to love her. You know, I can identify with that, Chris, because so often, and it's not because I do it because I want to have favor with God in the sense of reading the Bible and, and praying. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's 
when you're in a relationship with someone, you want to spend time with them. Mm. Yeah. And when you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, because that's what you are, that's, yeah. he is yes. in you, you're in him. Mm. It's just a relationship. And so spending time together is so vital. Yes. But when you get busy as a man, and, and women too, but when you get busy in life and you get so busy that oh, I just don't have that 15 minutes or that some time mm. that you can spend alone and just bowing before the Father and sharing your heart and praying and reading the Word and letting God's Word speak to you and yeah. you know and change you and just redirect your life. And when you don't take time for that, it's easier to get irritable with one another. Yes. And I find myself sometimes not being as sensitive, yes. but when I'm consistently having those moments and, and knowing that I'm regularly fellowshipping with God yeah. and trying to make sure that doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, obviously. Right. But if that's somewhat of a priority, Nicole, mm -hmm. I can see my relationship with Pam much healthier. Yes. Yes. He's, he's to be my husband before my husband is my husband. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I spend time with him and, and it's true. If, if the things aren't right between Chris and I or just any horizontal relationship, I know that I'm forgetting the gospel. I know that that things with between God and I aren't on right terms, you know, and so it's it's going back there and repenting for whatever the things that I've done and making things right with him that that the relationship between me and Chris is back where it's supposed to be. You know, I think we also place um, too much emphasis on prayer having to be a specific time and under perfect circumstances yes. and all those things. Like I find myself like in like driving to the grocery store in prayer, right? Like when things aren't right. His and word says to pray without ceasing. Yes, yes. So that, absolutely. That includes going to and with yeah. today's prices, you have to be in prayer yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. And, and just, you know, like it doesn't have to be this, mm -hmm. this, you know, perfect. Oh, I'm going to go sit on my back porch or I'm going to have this nice, quiet moment. Sometimes it's in the midst of, you know, whatever else is going on. Like if my direct attention isn't isn't needed, if my kids don't need me directly, like yeah. I can just sit there or totally. help cook dinner or do whatever and be in prayer. You so. know, sometimes for me, because at my age, I wake up a lot at two o'clock in the morning and I might be up an hour before I can go back to sleep. Mm. I used to irritate me. Oh, I got to mm. get back to sleep. I have to be at work, at, you know, yeah, so early in the yeah. morning. But now I say, you know, God wants to fellowship with me. Yeah. Let me spend yeah. time with the word. Let me spend time in prayer yeah. and meditate and pray for people. And, and it's amazing how people will come to mind and heart yes. and to pray for the family, the grandkids, you know, yeah. I have grandkids now. Yeah. And just using that time is fellowship, you know? Mm. So you're right. Those are the times you were talking about, yeah. praying without ceasing. Yes. Mm. So marriage is, we like to say that that we're each other's sanctification tool, right? Like there's no <laughs> other person in this world that God uses to sanctify me more than my husband. Because <laughs> <laughs> he sees yes. the ugly, he sees the good, you know? <laughs> That's such a good thing you mentioned there, Nicole. We need to look at, sometimes we allow the communication to break down between us. And we get irritated and we start blaming each other and saying, well, you know, because they're not meeting my needs or doing that. But that mm -hmm. sanctification process that Chris mentioned on the last show, how important that is. And God uses because I thought when we got married, we were a lot alike. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now through the years, I'm seeing we're very different. <laughs> but God has used that yeah. to yes, challenge does. me, to grow me in so many ways yeah. in my relationship with him. Yeah. Yes. You know, thankfully, we've grown to this place where. Uh, we can be honest with each other and giving each other the the ability to speak into what's going on with the other one. Like if she sees me 
out of line, like she's welcome to say that. And I have that same uh, relationship with her. Right. You know, we point each other back to the word. You know, we've we've lived a long time with the world as a strong influence. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to fall back into old habits and old, you know, ways of thinking. But I'm just thankful that she does that for me. Right. Like and it makes all the difference in the world. I think probably the hardest thing in marriage uh, is going first, right? Like <laughs> it's the the first one to apologize, the first one to say, I'm not going to have, this is not an argument, mm-hmm. right? The first one uh, to kind of enter into a reconciliation. And so I think over the years that we've we've come to a place where we don't mind being the one to go first, right? There, there are just times for both of us where maybe I haven't had anything to eat, <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, she and she knows my husband just needs a sandwich, right? <laughs> right? Like, and, and he'll be right with God after that. Like, so. They keep the blood sugar balance, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, let's, let's talk a second to those maybe listening, and they are in a pitiful marriage right now. They feel like they've reached the end, really, and they think the next step is divorce for them. What advice, what do you say to a couple like that, Nicole? It's a good question. It's difficult, and we know it. Please don't hear us to make it sound as if this has been an easy road. I think if you've been married for 15 seconds, you'll know <laughs> that that it's not easy. It's a dying to self. It's the Lord increasing in you to serve. And, not, you know, that's what he did. He came to serve, not to be served. And so if you're struggling, like he's with you and he is an advocate. If nobody else is an advocate for your marriage, he is. And we encourage you to seek help, to don't do this alone. There are other people, and if you're a believer, there are people in the family of believers that are going through similar situations, similar things, and um, and that are more than willing to help and talk you through those things. Chris and I have been through some things, and and we're we're willing. I believe wholeheartedly that we've walked through those those valleys to comfort others who are in those situations and to walk with people who are walking that right now. It's not going to look the same, but people are there. Like, do it in community. Don't isolate yourself. That would be my... Yeah, that community is extremely important. Um, And that's one of the first things I I tell people, like, regardless as to what the circumstances are, like, we'll get to that. But we also need to be mindful that you have to have community around you and you have to have the right community. Like, I... I still have friends that aren't necessarily walking with with God. Right. I'm still praying for those guys and still, you know, doing what I can to present Christ to them. Mm -hmm. But those aren't the guys I call if I'm having an issue in my marriage. Right. Like I, I have a group of guys. They're believers. They love Nicole and I well. Uh, and when I do call them, their concern is for our marriage and not for how I feel. I think that's so important to have that accountability. Some people who can speak into your life yeah. and see the blind spots that your wife sees them. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But, but have some friends that can see the same thing and give you advice, biblical advice to lead you in that healthy marriage. You are not alone, right? You're not alone. And if you're in the, in a marriage that just feels like there's no other, there's no other way. Um, and if you're if you're if you're seeking divorce, if you're if you're feeling alone, you're not. I don't know. I don't know who needs to hear that. Like, you're not alone. Um, the Lord is with you. If nobody else sees you, He sees you. He hears you. Um, and he, He's meeting you where you are. That's so true, Nicole. Thanks. Thank you for sharing that. I would like to kind of 
turn the conversation uh, a little bit because the last program came out. We didn't get into details about it, but uh, something about Peru, maybe living in Peru came out. But uh, <laughs> the two of you traveled to Pucallpa, Peru in June of this year. Yes. I want you to tell me what led up to you taking this trip. Was this your first time to go overseas together? It was. Uh, yes. And so foreign mission had been on our radar for several years and it just never seemed to be the right season for us. The Lord just cleared out all the obstacles this time around. We were like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to go whenever. And it doesn't matter whether it's missions at home or foreign missions or whatever it is in any way that, that Nicole and I serve. Like I often feel like I'm going with the intent to serve and I'm praying that God is going to bless the people that are there through whatever it is that we're capable of doing like as, as human beings. Right. But every time I always walk away feeling more blessed than like, it's just amazing. I I don't even know how to describe it. So why Pucallpa, Peru, Nicole? Well, um, we attend Mission Church. That's one of the the areas or where we built relationship with. And so um, we had we had a friend ask us if we wanted to do that. And, and we said, yes, we felt led to do that. Yeah. To go ahead and there wasn't any reservations. I mean, you've been praying, as you yes. said, the opportunities yeah. to yeah. do that. So what was the experience like? Tell me about traveling there. What were the people like you met? And what was the experience like and what you did? We loved every minute of it. Um, the Peruvian people um, were, they, they were... They were beautiful, and God had a way to, he taught me or showed me, um, Nicole, I'm not just the God of Memphis. I'm a God of this world, you know, like I'm moving here in in Peru, whether you come here or not, you know. And so it was one of those things that, like Chris mentioned, that we we were going to go to bless, but we left more blessed than, than anything else. And so it was just neat to to experience that. It was Chris and I's first time doing a mission trip and we will go back. We're willing as Lord, as long as the Lord is willing to send us back. <laughs> but uh, we got to do just uh, amazing things there and to see things, uh, just, just the Lord moving. What it's were some just, specific things you did ministry wise, Chris? So uh, marriage ministry is our heart. <laughs> that wasn't really on our radar. I didn't, I didn't know but it worked out mm-hmm. uh, that we were able actually to have a night uh, to do marriage ministry there at a local church. And it was amazing. We had, I don't know, 50 couples. Yeah. So it was it was a lot of people. Uh, you use a translator? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. And we also had uh, the incredible Will Thornton with us who speaks Spanish. He and his beautiful. wife, Amanda, yes, really uh, facilitated good. with us. And so uh, Will was also able to do some of the translating for us. How do you feel like this experience strengthened your relationship together? I mean, going through that. I mean, as we talk to couples today, you know, we've been doing that for these past two shows, too. I think this is an important element to look at doing ministry together. Well, we we absolutely love serving together. Um, that's one of the things that we've we've always enjoyed doing. And so we do that in marriage. Um, but one of the things that we walked away from in Peru was that, again, there are so many people, so many married couples that are in the same boat. There, there, there were some couples in the in the audience that were thriving and were vitalized, mm-hmm. um, and then there were also some that were hurting, um, that were you know just kind of making it through one day at a time. And so to be able to minister to those couples was was really neat, and to know um, that they were fighting for their marriage. You know, like you have to take that 
we believe, Chris and I believe that there's no neutral in marriage, just like there's no neutral in your, in your walk with the Lord. Yes. Once you throw that gear in neutral, you're going, you're going backwards. backwards. Yeah. And so whether it's serving together, whether it's uh, having a date night every month, whether it's um, attending a retreat or a conference, whether it, anything, reading a book together, praying together, like you have to continue to put the work in, um, in order for it to, to continue to thrive. Can I say one other thing about Peru is um, that we're here in Memphis and doing ministry in Memphis. And, it, and it's it's the same thing, you know, that people in Peru, people all over the world in marriages, they're seeking a biblical marriage as well. They're seeking tools and, you know, things, you know, ways to help them do that accurately and do that biblically. Yeah. And, so, and so it was really neat to see marriages there. Well, you said a moment ago that you saw couples that seemed to be thriving and some that were struggling. Mm -hmm. And we see that here in Memphis, Tennessee, Peru and Guam, you know, wherever we see people and relationships. Sometimes we have these crazy expectations in our mind of what things Mm -hmm. look like, you know, fairy tale, fairy tales, really. And it's not reality. But when we get down to the really this, the base, you know, and look at it and then see what God has designed Mm. and what he wants to do to be a picture of Christ and his church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I know that it comes difficult for us because our default setting is to is to seek, you know, self and to elevate self is is dying to self. And, And when we're not dying to self, that that definitely makes it difficult to do marriage together. As we start to wrap up, and we've got some time here, but I have another direction I want to take because I think the premise of this whole two interviews we've been talking about foundationally has been the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, Chris, I kind of want to go there a minute. I want to talk about how your view of the gospel has deepened since you have first become a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, Yes. And so I grew up kind of under the... There's a do list and there's a don't list, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as I actually got to know Christ for myself, right? At that final moment on the cross when he says it is finished, mm-hmm. uh, that wasn't just for that moment, mm-hmm. right? That was for it all. All the work is done. There's nothing else that needs to be done. Yes. Like he's done it all, yes. right? Mm-hmm. It is finished. And so, I just have to like I I wake up every morning and try to remind myself of that, like mm-hmm. whether things go the way that I plan them for the day or they don't is God's day. Yes. Right. Oh, yes. And so it was his plan. And if it doesn't look like mine, great. If it <laughs> if it if it happens the way I thought it was going to happen. Great. Right. It's God's day. You know, something when you said that about it is finished. I was just reading last night. I believe it was in, in the Gospel of John. You remember when Jesus had the encounter with the woman at the well? Mm-hmm. I hope I got the chapter right here, but he was meeting with the woman at the well. And he had this incredible encounter with her and and the disciples went to find food. And they came back and they said, you want to eat? And he said, I have food that you know not of. Mm. And then he made a statement. I have come to complete the work of my father, Mm -hmm. to finish the work Mm -hmm. of my father, in other words. Mm -hmm. 
And it was in God's plan for him to come and, and, and die, and to, to him to be that sacrifice for us that we can never yeah. do for ourselves. As you mentioned, when he said it's finished, he came to complete the work, yes. which when he was on the cross, that's what he did. He yes. finished it right there, Chris, yes. right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the gospel for me, um, especially in our marriage, it's, you know, it's, it's the book of Hosea. It's, it's that the Lord continues to seek me out even when I'm unlovable, you know? And so, and that's, that's what I'm to do for my husband. I'm to continue to seek him, to continue to die to self, um, to, um, to put him first, right? To preach the gospel to myself daily Hmm. um, so that I can, I can um, interact with my husband in the way that he would like me to. What would you say to someone that's listening right now that has been living based upon this do and don't list Mm. and their idea or their understanding of what the gospel really is has been skewed Mm. because of maybe the teaching they've been around and not hearing clearly what the gospel is. Can we just explain that as we start to wrap up here and just kind of explain Mm. what that is that it's really, as we said last time, it's a gospel done and not a gospel do. What do we mean by that, Chris? So it's a gospel done. That means Christ has, has finished the work, right? We cannot earn our salvation. Mm. There are no works that we can do. Mm. Uh, And the wonderful thing about that is there are no works that need to be done. Mm. Christ has done it all. Mm. And so uh, all we have to do is have faith. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all we have to do. In the finished work, right, Nicole? I mean, it's just like, and I heard the illustration before, is we're sitting in these chairs right now. We're depending upon them. We haven't thought about it. They're going to hold us up. We just right. freely sat down in them, rested in them. Mm-hmm. It's really resting in the finished work. Yes. I mean, it's remembering that, you know, Christ died for our sins. It's remembering that he He resurrected, right? And that, um, and that he, I, I say that he's gone first. He's gone first in everything, mm. you know? And I, I think of the... Um, the story of the woman who brought a, per, a jar of perfume and just started to weep at Jesus' feet. I think of that and how, you know, he has forgiven her of all her sins, you know. So is to remember what the Lord had done for you. And it's from that, right? Not, I'm not, I'm not striving. So that's, that's the, that's the, uh, the do and don'ts. Like it's done. Yes. Like I'm not, I don't have to strive to do anything like now because I remember the gospel and I remember what Jesus had done for me and how much he has forgiven me, how much he loves me in spite um, that I can do that to my husband, that I, I can forgive, that I can love from that place. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah. It, it makes total sense. And, you know, I was just thinking about a story when we lived on the island and you maybe can remember, and I hope I'm not going to mess this up here, but when we talk about Guam, it's your homeland where you, where you grew up. As I mentioned last time, our family lived there for a few years back in the mid-1990s as missionaries. But every Easter, there's like a pilgrimage. There's a Mount Lam Lam, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there's a cross at the top of that yeah. mountain. And people take a pilgrimage up there at Easter time. Yeah. And it's a pretty pretty good hike, right, Nicole? Yes. Have you made that pilgrimage? Yes, I've done it. <laughs> We've done it as a family, and I can remember some of those things. It was fun, yeah. And for some people, maybe it's just an experience. Maybe they get something spiritual out of just the effort, knowing that the effort it took to climb this mountain, which can be very arduous and tough sometimes and very hot, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But to get up to the cross, mm-hmm. 
to see, you know, that cross is empty because Jesus already paid. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. to we don't have to do a pilgrimage right. somewhere or do a penance or mm-hmm. be baptized or like you say, works. We don't have to do any of that because yeah. it's the grace for by grace you're saved, yes. as you mentioned, through faith. It yes. is the gift of God, yes. not by works so that no one can boast. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of friend what we're trying to share in these last couple of programs with the Petersons to have a good marriage, to, to really have, you know, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. Mm-hmm. And the way you do that is through the cross yes. and through what he did for us. Yes. yes. I think it's a, it's a huge uh, misconception. And it's one that I held for a very long time that um, there were things I needed to do before I could present myself to Christ, right? Like these bad habits, I've got to get rid of these first. Or, you know, I have to stop thinking this way. I have to stop speaking this way before I can even, you know, attempt to have a relationship with God. But God doesn't need you to do any of that. Mm-hmm. All he needs you to do is submit yourself to him. That's it. Just show up. Mm-hmm. Just show up. You know, there was a place in scripture where even someone said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord yes. and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. Mm. You shall be saved. Amen. You'll be saved because of that. Well, Peterson, we have had a wonderful couple of days together. <laughs> it's just been great. God bless you. I, I love both of you so much. I'm so glad that we know each other and get to serve Christ together. Yeah. Had this time to share on our program with our Bot Radio Network listeners and those who might be listening via podcast uh, or the YouTube on our video that we're producing here. Thank you so much. Now, last time, Chris, we gave an email address. Yes. If somebody might have questions, maybe about the gospel, maybe they have questions about marriage. We talked about marriage seminars that you and Nicole do together. Yes. So why don't we give that email address out just in case somebody would like to connect with you and learn more about either gospel, having a, a healthier marriage, or just whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So it's Chris P, C-H-R-I-S-P, at missionchurchmemphis.com. Okay, that easy. Yeah, that easy. <laughs> Nicole, you got to make some more rice. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Now, there's one thing that wasn't on the table I usually like with my tomorrow rice, and that is finadini sauce. You know what I'm talking yes, about. I okay, do. there's a special way to make that too. The only thing we don't have is boonie peppers. You know, you got to have the boonie peppers to really make finadini just the right way, you know? Yeah. So that's the only thing. You can't really have real, <laughs> real finadini sauce without boonie peppers, right? <laughs> well, it's been my pleasure, Petersons. God bless you both. Thank you for just sharing your hearts with us and being on with Bot Radio today. Oh, thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this second program with the Petersons, Chris and Nicole Peterson. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope you have a wonderful afternoon. I'm Byron Tyler. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Mid-South Viewpoint. The show is archived for on-demand listening on our website at botradionetwork.com or via your favorite podcast platform. Stay tuned to Bot Radio Network to fill your day with God's Word.